But before we get this episode started, I want to jump in here and uh, just discuss real quick, as uh, we got the news last night as I was editing this episode, uh, that Disney just had to lay off 28,000 Disney cast members on the East Coast and West Coast of the United States. And it definitely hits hard uh, at home, uh, myself being a fellow cast member and having a lot of friends that are also cast members um, that are waiting to hear whether or not they're going to have jobs here in a couple of days. Uh, so we wanted to start this off by just saying thank you to all of our cast members out there. Uh, make sure when you're in the parks and you see cast members that are there, definitely make sure that you thank them for being there and uh, taking time out of their day and also for putting themselves uh, somewhat in harm's way in a sense. You know, it's not really harm's way. I'm just trying to find a better way to put it, but um, they're there to help make the experience right now in Walt Disney World and at the Disney parks all over the world. Um, as magical of a, of a time as it can be right now with the times that we're having. And uh, with that being said, uh, here in Orlando, uh, some cast members actually started what is called the Cast Member Pantry, uh, somewhat of a food bank. And it is for any cast members, uh, whether they're green card or blue card. The blue cards are those that work for Disney themselves. Uh, green cards are third-party cast members. But if you can go to Facebook and look up Cast Member Pantry, um, if you are a cast member and you are having a difficult time, this is what they actually wrote: uh, Are you a fellow cast member? Do you and uh, you need? Are you a fellow? Are you or a fellow cast member you know in need of groceries during this difficult time? Cast member pantry makes it quick and easy to receive free food essentials once a month per cast member. You'll receive a reusable grocery bag filled with foods that are easily put together to make meals for four, with breakfast snack options as well. We take pride in putting food we all enjoy in our bags because we believe our cast deserves the very best and a little comfort too. Uh, you do have to make an appointment if you are a cast member to receive this benefit, um, but also they are looking for donations constantly. So again, if you can go to Cast Member Pantry on Facebook, just look it up, there's a group that is on there on a page, um, and you can definitely find the information on there on how you can also donate. Um, I know they take uh, monetary donations as well as uh, food donations and stuff like that. So again, we just wanna jump in here real quick and just uh, say, uh, thank you again to all of our cast members around the world, uh, and especially to those that are uh, being affected by this layoff. It's, it's pretty sad. So that being said, we hope you enjoy this episode. And now on with the show. Hello, and welcome to F Yeah Disney. We're your hosts, Julie and Jason. And we are here to give you an unfiltered view of all things Disney. We'll be covering events, news, history, food, and so much more. So strap on your ears, grab a churro, and enjoy today's episode of F, F Yeah, yeah Disney. Disney. Hey there, and welcome to episode 23 of F Yeah Disney. How the hell are you doing? I always think you're asking me that question. Well, I'm asking you, and I'm asking whoever's you're listening. You're not asking me. I, mean, I really hope you're still listening, because it's been a long time since we recorded. And that being said, we are recording this on September 28th, 2020, just three days away from Magic Kingdom's 49th anniversary and the 28th anniversary of the 
experimental prototype community of tomorrow. Crazy, huh? Getting old. But it has been over a month since we've recorded our last episode, and as fluid as Disney is right now, this episode will be flooded with updates, changes, and some insights from our recent day trips to Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom, as well as a recent staycation we had at Pop Century and Epcot. After a really busy summer we have had, we are excited to be back and talking about Disney. With that being said, Mrs. Julie, how was your week, and what's you drinking on? My week was incredible. Yeah? We did a lot of stuff. We went to Magic Kingdom. We did. It was fun. We got to uh, see the kids. hmm And we got to meet our amazing sponsors for this week's episode. Yeah. How about that? Tell us more. So, it ties into what I'm drinking on. hmm And I am drinking on an annual pass holder. No context. Yeah. I drink on an annual pass holder about once a week, maybe every night sometimes. <laughs> I'm the annual pass holder that he's talking about. Let's see. But uh so annual pass holder is this amazing beer from Descent Brewery, which is in Saint Petersburg, Florida. And Keith, the bartender, actually created this beer and he says it it it, it, it he says it is his baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is. I got to turn on my light here because uh, Babe has us recording in mood lighting, green and purple for the holidays. But annual pass holder is a tart Berliner Weiss with pineapple and vanilla, inspired by the magical treat that will make you think you're at the famous theme park. And it is pineapple. And vanilla. And the logo is actually really cool. It is a Dole Whip and it has two pineapple slices on the side of it that make it look like Mickey ears. So it's kind of a hidden Mickey, mm-hmm. which is awesome. But they are this amazing brewery. And not only do they have the annual pass holder, which is clearly supposed to taste like a pineapple Dole Whip. But they also have another beer that tastes like the orange creamsicle drink at Sunshine, not Sunshine Seasons, uh, the Sunshine Tree Terrace, Sun Tree Terrace, what's it called? That sounds about right. Something like that. Yeah. It's going to bug me. Or where uh, Orange Bird is represented. Sunshine Terrace, maybe? Yeah, that sounds right. Nope, I was right. Sunshine Tree Terrace. So, if the Pineapple Dole Whip is not your game, which, I mean, <laughs> are you crazy? But they also have one that tastes like the Orange Creamsicle, which is also phenomenal. And that one is actually called the Living the Dreamsicle. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, it tastes like an Orange Creamsicle. It's delicious. Yeah, but it's fantastic, too. literally every beer that I tried there was phenomenal they have one called the ruth bader ginsburg which is a wheat beer with ginger they have a mexican chocolate cake which okay so we could literally take a trip around epcot like all of these beers could totally tie into disney but the uh, mexican chocolate cake is really awesome so it is a stout so it's a darker beer and it is like the chocolate notes come out and then you get this nice heat at the very end. He said they use ancho chilies to get that heat, which is amazing. And it's mm-hmm. like drinking Mexican hot chocolate, but a beer. It's phenomenal. 
And then, oh gosh, what else did we try that was really good? The blueberry marshmallow. Yeah, that was pretty was interesting. Phenomenal. They had a strawberry lemonade Radler, which strawberry lemonade alcohol. You can't get any better than that. And they rotate a few out every once in a while, which is awesome. And there's one, two, hold on, let me count one, two. Oh, <laughs> they're numbered. <laughs> there's about 20 beers on tap. Uh, it's this super cute little brewery. You go in, there's some seating to the left. There's a little bar. They have some snacks and stuff. Yeah, it's we were really there adorable. on... Uh on Sunday, so there was yeah, some so the football, football was, was on. on. But what I love about this brewery, one, is how different all of these beers are and how much flavor they all have. But this literally tastes like drinking a pineapple Dole Whip. Yeah. But a lot of people are looking for something to do outside of Disney that, you know, may still have kind of a Disney theme to it or, you know, still, you know, definitely make you feel like you're on vacation. And this is only about an hour and a half away from the parks. If you have an off day where you're not spending in the parks and you're looking for something to do, it's a short drive and you get to try annual pass holder beer as well as the Live in the Dreamsicle and some other really great beers that they have on tap. So you still kind of get a Disney experience, but it's something to do outside of the parks and they are phenomenal. So it is Descent Brewery, and we will give you all the details in the show notes. But we are actually talking to the bartender. He said they're opening a second location in Lakeland soon, mm-hmm. they hope. And that is even closer to Disney. So it will be a lot easier to check them out. But highly recommend we... Yeah, it's a good day trip. You know, I'm not saying go out there and have 20 beers and get shit-faced and drive back home. Uh, but if you want to go take a trip to over to St. Pete, which is a great little town anyways, lots of arts and farts and... Uh, Good food. And also, they're on the water. They had the new pier they just opened up. And we all know right now, you know, during pandemic times, it's uh, we're not all going to travel and go places. However, I'd recommend if you want to go to one location and uh, say, Pete, this is definitely a place to check out. And what I like, too, was their decor they had, and their glasses as well. Their glass had a specific shape to it that was super comfortable to hold on to and also to drink out of. You know what I'm saying, honey? Yeah, for sure. And uh, I was, like, trying to think of it in... The, the stout glasses that they have kind of have more of like a bowl shape to them versus the uh, just, you know, straight up pint glass. So this was kind of a combination of the two. So it really works with any beer that they have. And it, it really helps to bring out the flavors. And it, yeah, it kind of reminded me of like a bongo kind of oh, shape. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Like the, the foot of the bongo and then the body of it. And it has that, the way the lip is shaped too. It's like super comfortable. Um, but what I felt, I fell in love with this place. Um and they have a huge sign on their wall that reads as follows. From grain to glass, beer is our passion. We brew beer not to meet sales quotas. We brew beer because we love beer. The people that drink our beer are not targets or consumers. They are beer lovers. So they definitely have a, they have a passion for what they do. So I definitely wanted, just, we wanted to share this with you guys. And uh, they are officially like a, our first little sponsor for this episode and for our podcast, and uh, we, uh, our goal with this uh, opening segment was to bring other local breweries and beers on board uh, to talk and share what is out there uh, for all of you adults out there that are listening to the show that enjoy a good craft beer or a craft wine or a bourbon or uh, whatever. We want to definitely cover uh, alcoholic beverages on this segment for you. 
And so that being said, if you are a brewer or have a company or a business or know somebody that does and is interested in and, uh, getting their name out there and being a part of this segment for this episodes or for podcast episodes, uh, definitely reach out to us. Uh, all of our links for all of our contacts are in our show notes, and uh, we would love to keep, keep this alive and going. We'll be drinking alcohol before each episode and during them anyways. <laughs> However, so why not get your name out there too? if you want to get promoted and... Uh, allow us to try your tasted beverage, and we'd be honored to. And again, you can contact us with our information in the show notes. Yeah, so I do want to talk about annual pass holder. But annual pass holder specifically, because holy shit, this is incredible. So it's pineapple with vanilla. And uh, Keith was actually talking to us about how, you know, they'll add a lot of sweeteners and different things into the beers to get them sweeter natural natural sweeteners but it's a lot of sugars and things like that and this he was saying the vanilla you know tricks your brain because vanilla in itself is not a sweetener at all it just because vanilla is a sweet flavor by putting you know vanilla bean and things like that into it it tricks your brain into thinking there's a sweetness in the beer but this is really quite a sour beer Mm -hmm. and the finish is just this nice smooth vanilla it really does taste like you're drinking. Yeah, it's like a Dole Whip. A Dole Whip. The vanilla reminds me of like the the vanilla ice cream kind of mixture, even though it's pineapple ice cream. But you know what I'm saying, like the 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 flavor of the Dole Actually, Whip. Actually, it's pineapple soft serve. Mm. There's no ice cream in it. It's vegan. Oh, excuse it's me. Dairy free. Snobby ass vegans. Hey. <laughs> it's okay. I love you. Yeah. So. I love beer, and I love different types of beers, IPAs especially, and uh, some of the darker stouts as well. Especially. And I I don't always go to the sour beers, only because sour beers for me, I find them to be more of like a bourbon where they're more sippers. Uh, But this one is is kind of a sour. It's sour to the nose and then to the tongue as well. It's not sour to the nose. It smells vanilla. There is vanilla in there, but it's also got sour to it. But the first little bit on the tongue is sour for sure. And then you start getting the pineapple breaks through and hits the back of your tongue. And then the vanilla kicks in. And then it kind of mutes the sweetness and kind of merges everything together. It mutes and the sweetness or it mutes the sour? The sweetness to, for me. Because I have the gigantic sweet tooth. You know, that big one in the back of my mouth I have. And then as that su- the sweetness of the pineapple is goes away, then the vanilla really comes out. And it's quite lovely. Uh, another fun thing too is their cans are 16 ounce cans, uh, so they usually they serve four packs. Uh, you can also get growlers from there as well, and you can order online ahead, and then just go buy and pick it up. Uh, and uh, if you don't want to sit in there and have a beer, which we actually went by and picked up a four pack and had a beer <laughs> while we were there, we wanted to try it on tap and from the can. It's yeah. amazing both ways. Yeah, yeah, canned beer is really similar to the tap compared to a, the the process of bottling a beer is a little bit different, um, but again. This amazing and they can in house. We actually got yeah. a four pack that he said he just canned that day. So they make their stuff nice and fresh. Yeah. So there you go. So definitely go online. Check out Descent Brewing online. Uh, their website is officially uh, descentcraftbrewing.com. Also, you can find them on the socials at Descent Brewing. And again, we'll have all the links to these guys in the show notes for you. And thanks again to Descent Brewing for sponsoring this episode. And uh, so outside of that, uh, we have had some fun. We've been playing a lot of disc golf. I've gotten Julie into playing frisbee golf, and it's exciting uh, to have my my wife out there on the course with me. I haven't moved out to Orlando. I haven't had a chance to play. 
And there's a lot of amazing disc golf courses in just in Florida, but Orlando specifically. And uh, now that we're here and I've got somebody to play with, because I like to play with myself, you know, but uh, that's a whole other story for a different day. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we went to uh, what's well, uh, Turkey Lake Park. It's got actually got three disc golf courses on it. And we have been learning how to conquer these courses, even though we both uh, are working on our games. Somebody and lost three Frisbees today. Yeah, one hole. Jesus. Gets expensive. That's why I buy used ones sometimes. But uh, so we've been doing that. And then uh, we went and saw some parks and stayed on property. And we'll be getting to that later on in the episode uh, after we get through our normal segments of This Day in Disney History to Infinity and Your Mom and What the Forky Foods. Uh, we're not going to stretch out this episode. I think our last one was like two and a half hours or some shit. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to be giving you all the highlights and some things that we've noticed uh, inside the parks during all the social distancing and the activities that are happening and the updates and all the funness that's going on. So we're excited to talk about it all. So in the meantime, I think it's time for us to get into our first segment of this day in Disney history. Got a lot of big things happening. And then uh, we'll see you there. Or that happened. If you had it to do over again, would you do any part of it differently? Well, if I had it to do over again, uh, I think, uh, no, I don't think I would. <laughs> All right, so now it's time for us to get into this day in Disney history from September 27th to October 2nd. And we're going to be starting with September 27th, 1982. At Epcot's Future World, the attractions Energy Exchange, FutureCom, Kitchen Cabaret Review, Universe of Energy, and Harvest Theater all open as the park prepares for its October 1st grand debut. Spoiler alert. It's the Universe of Energy. <laughs> Uh, the park is in the midst of previews for cast members and families. Uh, meanwhile, over at the American Adventure, exhausted Imagineers are happily relieved as the entire show runs from start to finish without stopping or crashing for the first time. The show has been a monumental struggle to create. And uh, there's a very interesting episode. If you guys uh, want to check out another fun Disney podcast called uh, the Disney History Institute and uh, he does an uh, episode on uh, tours within Disney and starts off with an actual backstage tour that you might still be able to get. I mean, not, not right now during COVID, but after this whole shit ends, um, that will take you backstage and they give you a behind-the-scenes sh- uh, tour of the American Adventure. You can see how all the stages and everything works there. Pretty yes, fascinating. it is one of the tours that we learned about what we might have done for our honeymoon, and it was uh. not one that we did. September 28, 1938. The Sound surround sound system to be used in theaters for Fantasia is first tested. It is an early stereophonic sound process developed by sound engineer William E. Garrity and sound mixer John N.A. Hawkins. Garrity has taken separate recordings of each orchestra section and mixed them to produce four distinct audio tracks, which are then recorded on optical tracks on a separate reel of film. The four tracks will drive some 54 different speakers positioned around a theater show in Fantasia. Fantasia, Fantasound, will lead to the development of the 5.1 surround format of today in modern theaters. Because the sound system had to be installed in theaters that would potentially show Fantasia, it caused movie theater owners to pass on the film due to the extra added cost of the sound system. Fantasia became a complete disaster for Disney Animation due to the deficit created from making the film. 
According to Smithsonian Mag, Fantasound proved too expensive to install in every theater. The film had to be subsequently cut, and after er, an after early critical enthusiasm, quote, a creation so thoroughly delightful and exciting in its novelty that one's senses are captivated by it, raved the New York Times. It lost more than the modern equivalent of $15 million and nearly drove the company into bankruptcy. In the 1960s, however, Fantasia's bright colors and vivid abstractions appealed to a new generation turned on to psychedelia, and the film inspired pop artists like Andy Warhol and Roy Lichtenstein. The late horror director Wes Craven called the movie one of his favorites, and Steven Spielberg has said that Fantasia influenced E.T. Fantasia has achieved the rare cultural stature. It's a grand failure that became a trailblazer and a part of the national consciousness. And I was fortunate as a child to uh, see Fantasia in the movie theaters, and I think it took like... 30 or 40 years after it was first released in the theaters to actually make a profit. Isn't that crazy? I don't know that I've ever seen Fantasia in its entirety. Oh, wow. And this one is for... Disney Plus is for. That's right. I have it on DVD. We also have it on Disney Plus. Yeah, it probably sounds better too. (laughs) And this one is for Julie, September 29th, 1980. Actor Zachary Levi, the voice of Flynn Rider for Disney's 2010 animated Tangle, as well as the 2012 short Tangled Ever After and the 2017 Disney Channel television series based on the film, is born in Lake Charles, Louisiana. (sighs) I didn't realize he was so young. Yeah. You're older than him. No. (laughs) First off, even if I was as old as you thought I was, I I would still be younger than him. But he's only 40? I mean... God, this beer is so fucking good. If I ever meet him... Sorry, babe. He's young enough to be my second husband. Hey, I'd do him, so it's all good. Perfect. September 30th. 2019. Illuminations. Reflections of Earth runs for the last time at Epcot. We got to see it. Yeah, I know. It rained. I cried like a fucking baby. Into my head. I had snots and tears and running down my hair. That's why I had to take a breath in between the dates. First known as Illuminations Reflections of Earth 2000 when it debuted in October 1999 as part of Walt Disney World's Millennium Celebration, the popular nighttime show utilized fireworks, pyrotechnics, water fountains, fire effects, lasers, searchlights, and a large rotation globe with curved LED screens to create a visual production on the park's World Showcase Lagoon. The show told the story of Earth and was divided into three movements titled Chaos, Order, and Meaning, emphasizing the idea of humanity as a single unified tribe on this planet. Jim Cummings, who has voiced characters like Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, and Darkwing Duck, provided the narration at the beginning of Reflections of Earth. Good evening. On behalf of Walt Disney World, the place where dreams come true, we welcome all of you to Epcot and World Showcase. We're gathered here tonight around the fire as people of all lands have gathered for thousands and thousands of years before us to share the light and to share a story. An amazing story, as old as time itself, but still being written. And though each of us has our own individual stories to tell, a true adventure emerges when we bring them all together as one. 
We hope you enjoy our story tonight. Reflections of Earth. It has recently been replaced with a fireworks show called Epcot Forever. Which also makes me cry. And is on hold as of right now as their fireworks shows are not being shown, as we all know. And we also have then Harmonious uh, that is supposed to debut on October 1st of 2020. October 1st, 1971. Almost 10,000 visitors converged near Orlando, Florida to witness the grand opening of Walt Disney World, which includes the Magic Kingdom and two resorts, the Contemporary and the Polynesian. And here are a list of the attractions that were opened on the first day, which includes Cinderella's Golden Carousel, the Country Bear Jamboree, the Diamond Horseshoe Review, Dumbo the Flying Elephant, the Frontier Shooting Gallery, the Hall of Presidents, the Haunted Mansion, It's a Small World, Jungle Cruise, Mad Tea Party, the Mickey Mouse Review, Mike Fink Keelboats, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, the Skyway, Snow White's Adventures, Swiss Family Treehouse, Tropical Serenade, Grand Prix Raceway, the Walt Disney World Railroad, and during the last three months of 1971, other attractions opened, including Admiral Joe Fowler's Riverboat, Peter Pan's Flight, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Submarine Voyage, Flight to the Moon, and America the Beautiful. Executive Vice President Card Walker said, On the morning of October 1st, we felt like we were bracing for the, for the D-Day invasion. I climbed into a helicopter with our Chief Operating Officer Dick Nunes, and we took off in the early morning light to check the invasion. We both got very excited because we could see a long string of car lights coming from the city of Orlando. But as they approached the property, they turned off to the backstage. Almost all of them were employees. <laughs> Everyone else was afraid to come out of their houses. The opening day crowd was, you might say, underwhelming. We had almost as many employees as we had guests. So yeah, it's funny, right? All the locals were freaked out and scared to come because they thought it was going to be a complete chaos because of how Disneyland was, I guess, on opening day. As well as on this day, October 1st, 1982, Epcot Center, known as the Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow, opens at Walt Disney World and had its grand opening with more than 100 television crews from all over the world covering this event. Bands and orchestras play to huge crowds, and Walt Disney's wife Lillian helps in the dedication of Spaceship Earth. The park itself will be dedicated on October 24th, and this becomes Disney's third theme park. Opening day attractions include the American Adventure, American Adventure Pavilion, Canada Pavilion, France Pavilion, the Germany Pavilion, the Imagination Pavilion, Impressions de France, Italy Pavilion, the Japan Pavilion, the Land Pavilion, Living with the Land, Mexico Pavilion, Norway Pavilion, O Canada, Spaceship Earth, and United Kingdom Pavilion. When Epcot opened on October 1st, 1982, the cost of a one-day ticket was $15 for an adult, $14 for a junior, and $12 for a child. However, members of the Magic Kingdom Club or Walt Disney World Resort guests could knock a dollar off the price for each ticket. Also available as ticket media were three, four, and six-day world passports that included transportation, admission, plus unlimited use of attractions at both Magic Kingdom and Epcot Center. There were no single-day park hoppers, but an annual world passport good for an entire year was available at a cost of $100 for an adult and $80 for a child. I know, right? Isn't that crazy? So insane. October 2nd, 2009. While Disney World and NASA celebrate Buzz Lightyear's cosmic achievement as the longest tenured crew member in space with a ticker tape parade down Main Street, USA in the Magic Kingdom. 
Buzz spent more than 15 months of dedicated service on board the International Space Station as part of an education initiative between Disney Parks and NASA. In attendance at this day's event is Apollo astronaut Buzz Aldrin and International Space Station astronaut Michael Finke, or Michael Fink. Uh, Buzz Lightyear joined the shuttle crew on the Space Shuttle Discovery to the International Space Station on May 31st, 2008 and October 3rd, 1971. Peter Pan's flight opens at Walt Disney World on the park's third day in business. Based on the 1953's animated film, guest board vessels attached to a rail above and soar over the skies of London and what seems to be the Jolly Roger. And uh, early renditions of this ride were very similar to the very early uh, way that Snow White's adventure was done by putting you in the perspective of the characters. So when you went into Peter Pan's flight, uh, you were actually Peter Pan that was going through the ride. And it was very confusing to guests. So eventually when they did the first updates in Fantasyland, uh, they changed the, the scenes a little bit and added Peter into the ride. And that has been this day in Disney history from September 27th to October 3rd. And now that we've covered some stuff in the past, it's time for us to get into some current and future news in Disney with our next segment to Infinity and your mom. To infinity and your mom. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. That's not right. You sure? No, that's not right. I'm pretty sure that's it. No, 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 let me show you. To insanity and a blonde. What do you even That's how it goes. Saying? No, that's how it goes. To immunity and respond. To indecency to infrequently. and... Hey, hey, guys, you got it all wrong. It's to infinity and beyond. All right, now it's time for us to talk about some current and future things happening out there in the world of the Disney's. None better to tell us all about this fun stuff than my beautiful wife, Miss Judy Murphy Burkholzer. <laughs> Take it away, honey. Way to throw the government name out there. <laughs> Anywho, so. Oh, I'm going to start referring to my full name as my government name. <laughs> Mom, I know I'm in trouble, but that's my government name. <laughs> always when I knew I was in trouble when she said my whole name. I better run because I was going to get my ass whooped. <laughs> so, Anyways, with that being said, babe, take it away. So I think the biggest Disney news is the newest Disney-themed addition to our household. Mm-hmm. Our adorable little tortoiseshell kitten, Pixie. Yeah, she's a crazy ass. I don't know where she is right now. But you'll probably randomly hear bells dingling and things getting tossed around the house while she goes completely ape shit while we're here recording. Ideally, we're trying to even avoid her pulling on our our cords and chewing on shit while we're. T- while I tried we're to get her to sit in my lap, but it was not the time. To no avail. Yeah. So besides this crazy ass cat, honey, what else is going on in Disney? All right. So you're making us all yawn. Sorry. So first things first, some projects have been confirmed for forward movement, like the Star Wars Hotel, mm-hmm. the Avengers Campus in Disneyland, and then Mickey's Runaway Road in Disneyland. Uh, there has not been any confirmation of any more projects in Epcot, 
but Josh Damaro, who I got to meet, by the way, um, talked about the opening of Remy's Ratatouille Adventure and Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind and the new pylons that have been installed in the main entrance that will hopefully open up to a new fountain soon. We are very excited to see it. You can see the pylons sticking up. Pylons? If you go to Epcot. Is that what they're calling those things? Yeah. Oh. They basically look like prisms, but they're beautiful and amazing. Yeah. But yes. And I guess it's an updated uh, plastic of some sort compared to what they initially made them with. So it has a super clear kind of perspective to them. They are pretty neat, even though they, they're covered by a wall still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're beautiful. You can tell they're going to be extra beautiful. I'm so excited, though. Damn. So, other news in Disney World that we're all super excited about. And it's not really Disney World because Disney is staying the way it is, thank goodness. Um, but the governor, DeSantis, decided to move into phase three of reopening, which basically means that everything can resume to normal capacity and without any restrictions and that parks can return to normal operations with limited social distancing protocols, which seems a little ridiculous to me, but Disney has said that they have no plans to do any of the sort. Yeah. It seems like it's it's fucking stupid. Yeah. So like two weeks ago, they decided to open bars again at half capacity. And we all know what happened the last time we opened up bars at half capacity. So the fact that everything's getting opened up with zero restrictions and nothing's getting closed down again. So it's just, it's interesting. Yeah. Yep. We don't want to get into politics and shit, but we are concerned about what is going on. It's it's scary. It's not political. It's just the the health of the state. Yeah. And I can't imagine Disney would uh, say, let's jump the gun and see, uh, let's go with these new standards. Because so far, so good. They've been pretty successful, and they're seeing, you know, uh, I'm not sure dividends on returns of guests visiting, but they are seeing capacity increasing, which is positive. So some other sadder news that uh, comes to us is about some things that are going away and what they are getting rid of. And the Grand Floridian Society Orchestra will be playing their last show on October 3rd, mm-hmm. which is very sad. And I guess they have been, you know, furloughed and reopened last week, and now they will be gone. Yeah, and I said the other day I, I hadn't listened to them before or heard them, but I distinctly remember they were playing uh, about three years ago when I went there f- to look at the gingerbread house and the Christmas trees. They're in there playing Christmas music. Yeah, and I guess they uh, were in Hollywood Studios for a little while where the Beauty and the Beast live stage show was. But yeah, they yeah. will be playing their last show as of October 3rd. And uh, some extremely sad news. So, for the first time in forever, a Frozen sing-along will be back as of October 5th. However, at Equity Ben will no longer be performing as the cat is going. She got stuck in the bag. Is she carrying the bag around with her? With her neck and her body. Oh my goodness, crazy thing. <laughs> so, um, unfortunately, uh, Equity Ben will no longer be playing the Arendelle historian Eric, which is extremely sad because mm-hmm. he was 
most definitely our favorite part of that show and really basically the only reason why we would go see the for the first time in forever i think it's the reason why the majority of people would go see the show unless they they didn't know who he was uh, he is doing big things which is awesome so he has a lot of other stuff going on and he continues to bring in success for himself and you know make people laugh and make people happy and you know that's what it's all about so we wish him all the best luck and success yeah definitely go find him on instagram at equity ben and he's doing a any anyone any schmuck can cook or something? Yeah, he's doing any schmuck can cook, which uh, is this little cooking show, which is awesome that he does on Instagram, and then he does at bedtime stories, like bedtime stories, ha ha ha, um, where he reads a different bedtime story every night. And we actually sponsored him one night, and he read everybody poops. It was awesome, because everybody does poop, animals alike. We all poop. That's pretty great. Pretty great. As far as Disneyland news, there are apparently 18 California state legislators that have been asking Governor Newsom to allow Disneyland, Universal Studios, and other parks to reopen, which uh, we all know that they are still closed. There are some signs that have gone up about social distancing and things like that in front of the theme parks. So we shall see. Um, there's you know no moving forward yet, so it's just kind of... You know, a wait and see sort of thing. I feel like with how successful it's been in Florida, I feel like that should play a part in influencing them to be able to open in California. I just don't know if their concerns with what's been going on with Universal and how they're not doing as good of a job with the social distancing and, you know, keeping their parks under capacity and things like that. So I guess we'll, we'll kind of see because if you open one, you have to open the rest. But I know Josh tomorrow also uh, had a little phone call love letter that he basically was trying to encourage them to start getting and moving forward with opening Disneyland because they would need to go. And I have seen a lot of people at Epcot that have come here because they can't go to Disneyland and they want to get Disney, so they come in here. And next, uh, we all know that Chadwick Boseman passed away last month. Mm-hmm. Um, very sudden. You know, no one really knew that he was battling colon cancer, and um, it definitely was a very, very sad moment for all of us. Um, you know, he was a pretty incredible man and actor, and he. You know, was able to open doors for a lot of people and, you know, give hope to a lot of, you know, young black boys who mm-hmm. you know, saw this man as a role model that they could look up to. And they actually have a wonderful mural that they put up in downtown Disney that is uh, him leaning down next to um, a boy with a Black Panther mask on, um, you know, making the symbol for Wakanda forever, you know, with his arms crossed, which... It's just, you know, super touching and super awesome. Yeah, Wakanda forever, man. He, uh, yeah, he definitely left a legacy at a young age. It also, I think, brought awareness on the importance of getting your colon checked. Especially, you know, being on the same age as him. So, definitely hit home. Made us wake uh, wake up a little bit. My mom had colon cancer and so did my grandfather. So, I get checked in uh, two more years. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, definitely, definitely sad times. And it's going to be interesting to see how they work the Black Panther 2 whenever that is coming out. I know the, the release date has been pushed up and replaced with uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp 3. 
based on the MCU calendar. Along with the Black Widow getting pushed up to May of 2021 now. It's pretty wild stuff. So I guess uh, they're really trying to get people into Disneyland Paris. If you book a package with the company to Disneyland Paris, you'll receive free travel on the Euro Tunnel for trips between the 4th of January to the 31st of March. And you get free dining for the whole family. Wow. Up to 25% off stays at the uh, Disney Hotel and $100 in Disney spending money. Huh. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that I is. I mean, there are a lot of incentives and things like that to get people back to the Disney parks to uh, Florida resident discounts and things like that. So, so that's good. But it's nice to see that they're doing it around the world. Uh, Beauty and the Beast area opens at Tokyo Disneyland. Oh, man. I'm it's trying to beautiful. avoid looking at the videos and stuff because like, I want to be surprised by it, but... I think I'm gonna go on YouTube and watch this shit because it looks fucking incredible. So imagine the area where Gaston's Tavern is in Magic Kingdom on steroids. Yeah. It also the new area actually also contains a ride based on Big Hero Six, which is the first theme park to have uh, a ride for that movie, which is cool. Yeah, it's pretty rad. I saw a picture today of the uh, the signage for it and then and the, like the restaurant behind it that had a bunch of like. Baymax's and his, you know, just white out, white suit, yeah, sitting it, in the chairs. It's really crazy because there's actually a legitimate castle where ours is like on a little hill in the distance. Yeah, it's like three feet tall, <laughs> if it's even that tall. But yeah, so the Baymax ride is super cute. It's uh, it's like the aliens flying saucer ride. Oh, okay. And it looks like Baymax is riding a couple of the vehicles, too. So you can get, like, selfies and stuff with him as you're going around. That's cute. So, so, so super cute. And uh, Hong Kong Disneyland reopens. Yay. And there are expansion plans that have kind of been put on hold because of uh, some financial pressures, which we know because they had to close after five, 52 cases, five cases popped up. Um, in April. <laughs> Just kidding. In August. I want to break up the cast member pantry too. And then uh, they are also talking about how Disneyland Hong Kong might be closed during the week and just open on the weekend. So oh, interesting. Like there's some different talk. Well, I've heard too and because Hong Kong Disneyland is like a local park, kind of like Disneyland is to them, and to California, and... During the weekdays, the park is like, on a normal basis, is quote unquote empty. Where like the weekends, it's just packed. It's like their playground they go to on the weekends. So that makes sense. And uh, they were actually also recently stripped of their expansion rights on a 150-acre neighboring property that was intended for a second theme park. Huh. Mm -hmm. In Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. Oh shit. It's interesting. 53% of Hong Kong Disney is open is uh, owned by the government. And, uh, I mean, it's because of COVID they, you know, were going to buy the property, but because of financial hardship, they're not able to. Uh, they also have a Halloween celebration in Shanghai Disney that starts on October 5th and runs through November 1st. So they'll have exciting events, hauntingly fun Halloween parties, trick-or-treating, decorations, themed treats, and plenty of other not-so-scary surprises. And you can wear costumes. So they will have cavalcades, including Hades, Maleficent, Dr. Facilier, 
the Queen of Hearts, Mickey, Minnie, Duffy, and uh, everybody else as well. And uh, Treasure Cove has the return of the hugely popular Ghost Pirates, a trail of darkness. Oh, wow. That'd be fun. And the uh, Halloween party is being extended to two whole days of frightful fun. So it'll be October 30th and 31st. And you better dress up. And there will be some party zones and DJs, selfie spots, Disney villains. And a This Is Halloween dance party. This is Halloween. Halloween. With Halloween. a uh, costume contest. And they'll be invited to ride in the Grand Marshal vehicle in the nighttime pre-parade. That's fun. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, shit. Pumpkin flavored desserts, Halloween Donald waffles, Donald flavored ice cream. Oh, <laughs> Donald pumpkin flavored ice cream, but not <laughs> Donald flavored ice cream. Hmm. Like <laughs> tastes like uh, duck, duck comf- comfit. Is that what that's some, called? Uh, duck comfy. Yeah. A Duffy popcorn bucket, a Halloween sipper. They will have a Halloween Mickey afternoon tea at Mickey and Pal's Market. What? Man, they get, they do some of the best shit there. I'm so jelly. And uh, there's a bunch of new characters that are being released. Oh my gosh, it's just, there's so much going on. So adorable too. And apparently some parks will be bringing back meet and greets at select parks. So it looks like Tokyo Disneyland, Shanghai Disneyland, and Tokyo Disney Sea. And we shall see how it works, and hopefully they will come to us as well. So there's Mickey Mouse at Mickey's house, Mickey style s- Mini Style Studio, Woodchuck Greeting Trail, Theater Orleans with character greetings starting October 5th, Plaza Pavilion Bandstand character greetings, Tokyo Sea will have Mickey and Friends, Mermaid Lagoon character greetings, Saludos Amigos, Greeting Dock, Broadway Musical Theater... With character greetings and dock side stage with character greetings. And then Shanghai Disney will have selfie spots with jungle characters, princesses, Mickey in at the gardens, some toys. Wh- I assume like Toy Story toys. Uh, Winnie the Pooh, Minnie Mouse, Baymax, and Jack Sparrow. And so those are all selfie spots. So Fun. There's that. There's some other news uh, in Disney World. Disney World will also be reopening Star Wars Lightsaber Workshop. We're not sure exactly when or if they already have. Yeah, they have When already. I was there, they didn't hadn't opened it. Um, and then Chefs de France is opening very soon. Nice. With a different menu. And I haven't had a chance to look at the menu yet. Um, and then Disney World is also adding extra magic hours for the holidays. So... That'll be um, from November 6th to December 30th. So it looks like Magic Kingdom from the 1st to the 5th of December will be 9 to 7. Epcot, uh, December 1st to 5th, will be noon to 8. Hollywood Studios, the first to November 1st to December 6th, 10 to 7. Disney Springs, November 1st to December 31st, will be 10 to 10. And then the park hours for Animal Kingdom will remain 9 to 5. So none of those seem very different. But I think weekends will still be the longer hours. I think those are just some of like the weekdays that they're open. That mm-hmm. They're giving them some extra hours as well. Which makes sense for all the like, holiday stuff and things like that. Yeah, so they can see you it. Know, being able to do snow for Christmas on Magic Kingdom. Yeah, because Daylight Savings like starts pretty soon. 
And it's already getting darker here now at like 7 o'clock. It's awful. I love it. But another big thing that they're doing at Magic Kingdom is they have their Halloween cavalcades going on. Mm-hmm. So they have the cadaver dance that ride down on a trolley and sing some songs, which is awesome. Yes. And uh, that was glorious. And then they have the Boo to You cavalcade, which made me cry both times we saw it. They have a and they have a Jack Skellington cavalcade that we got to see, which was Jack Sally and Oogie Boogie. And then um, they alternate between Jack Skellington and his crew, and then the villains. So they have a villains cavalcade on some days as well. Yeah, it was it was just fun to to hear the music and see the see the characters. It was truly amazing. Yeah, which we'll get into here in a little bit when we talk about our our recent visits. Not on, that's all I have for news. All right, so now we've talked about some current and future events happening out there in the world of Disney's. It's time for us to get into our talks about what we did and how our experiences went when we recently visited uh, the Walt Disney World parks. Uh, myself, personally, I've been to everything except for Hollywood Studios and uh, Julie's had the opportunity to go to all four parks since uh, the reopening with COVID. Yep, thank goodness. And uh, a couple of parks several times. So I guess we could start, well, we talked about the last time we went to Magic Kingdom and our experiences and kind of some insights and some things to think about um, in our last episode. Uh, just being prepared for the weather and uh, by bringing extra masks and making sure, you know, you're just kind of fall, you know, following all the rules and all that good stuff. Uh, but having now stayed on property, we got to see a little bit different perspective on how they're uh, taking care of the resorts and uh, what they're doing to make sure that we are all safe and healthy while we stay on property. And uh, I think we had a pretty good experience. We stayed at Pop Century, and uh, it was a lot. We stayed there, what, two nights we stayed? Yep, Saturday and Sunday night. And, uh, which, yeah, for one, it was nice to get a little, little break from the pace of life and a uh, little staycation. Uh, but it was also something we were wanting to do to stay on property and just kind of see how things were. And when, when you're on uh, any resort property, you are required to wear masks anywhere you go. Uh, that includes in Except dining. Except the pool area. And uh, upon check-in, uh, Julie actually got the check-in first before I got there. Um, but uh, we noticed that everything that would be touched, you know, as a normal touchy thing, uh, was covered by a plastic of some sort that had said that they had cleaned this. Yeah, so the remote had that, and then the nozzles for the... Yeah, the pumps for the soaps shampoos and shampoos. and conditioners. But they also had a list that showed the touch points where they, like, extra cleaned the areas in the hotel room. So yep. it was super awesome. Like, the room smelled super clean. It was really, really... it. I felt comfortable. I felt like yeah. it was clean. Yeah, completely. And uh, since we did stay with in Pop Century, they have the rooms now that have the Murphy bed for the second queen-size bed that we didn't even bother even pulling down. We just stayed in, in the one bed, uh, which, you know, is what it is. We're just trying to keep things at a minimum there with our, with our mess. Obviously, there's two of us, and we're married. We're not going to sleep in separate beds, you weirdo. I wanted my own bed, and you refused to allow me to have that experience. This is basically like our first vacation together, and he wanted to sleep in a different bed. Yeah, I like to sprawl out. Sleep at an angle. <laughs> she is currently distracted by the cat. But, uh, yeah, so we did. And uh, what was fun with the staying there, too, is they have access to taking the uh, 
Skyliner. So I got to take the Skyliner to Hollywood Studios, and it was glorious, and it took like 30 seconds to get there. Not really. It took a little longer than that, but it was amazing. And then we took it home from Epcot the next day on Saturday. Because the Skyliner was broken at our hotel. Yeah, we couldn't take it there. We had to take the bus. And the, and the buses were fine. They, they had uh, seats blocked off with uh, the plexiglass. And there were s- certain seats that you could sit in, certain seats you couldn't sit in. And uh, on the bus, there was only four of us, as <laughs> so it was. And uh, the bus driver made it at five, so it was you know pretty chill on the way there. And uh, we had a pretty good experience at Epcot. We did a little bit of eating and drinking around the world. Uh, the place, it was busy. It was a weekend, so there were actually lines at the different rides and stuff. It was very strange. Yeah. But we definitely did. Uh, I got to eat over at uh, Harp and Thistle for my first time. Rose and Crown. At the uh, Rose and Crown for my first time. And I've been to Epcot 10 million times, and it was the first time actually going there and sitting down and eating. We had an amazing meal, had a great wait staff, and uh, just got a chance to sit. We got a window seat. <clears throat> yeah, we sat inside because it was hot as shit outside. So we got some AC and some good drinks and some great food. Um you know, Epcot was just kind of a, a a fun regular day for us. It was, you know, we're the kind of people that go to the parks and don't necessarily even go on rides. Sometimes we just like to go to the parks just to go to the parks. Um, obviously, if you're going there once a year, you're going to want to get everything in as you can. So if you are going to the parks, uh, we eventually got a chance to, to get into Animal Kingdom and then back to Magic Kingdom. And we still feel very safe at all these parks. Um, obviously, you have idiots everywhere you go that are not paying attention or social distancing, or wearing their masks on their chins like assholes. Um, but the majority of the people that were in the park all seemed to be enjoying themselves and having a great time and making the most of the magic that was being given by the cast members. And again, I had off hats off to the cast members that are there, uh, really making the most of what is going on. We had a blast. Uh, at all the parks, basically, the lines, I would say, wait times feel like a regular day in Disney because everything's social distance. Even though the parks are at half capacity right now. Yeah, they look like the lines are longer than they really are, but the lines are quite short. Like, we were at... Actually, when we were at Animal Kingdom... Sorry, when we were at Animal Kingdom... Yeah, for Everest. Flight of Passage was 120 minutes. Yeah, we didn't bother even going into the whole Pandora space. Because I know, like, it's looking at the wait times, like, say, a month ago... Wait times for Flight of Passage were like 25 minutes. Now that... Yeah, I even walked onto Flight of Passage the last time I was there. Yeah, and now that people are really coming back to the parks again, it was up to its normal time period. We, did, we didn't see the wait times for Flight of Passage under an hour the entire day we were there. So we basically just did what just Everest was the only ride we went on, huh? Mm-hmm. I wanted to go on Dinosaur, but by the time we got over there, it was a 40-minute wait, and I'm not waiting 40 minutes for Dinosaur. Yeah, that ride kills my back anyways, but it's still fun. So we did a lot of photo pass pictures and we got um, a couple drinks. We ate at Yak and Yeti Mm -hmm. and uh, got the ahi tuna nachos, which is the most important. We got flame tree barbecue. They did not have the loaded French fries, which was very sad. So we got the loaded mac and cheese, which was not as good, but still delicious. And then we got the spooky apple punch. And if you go to flame tree barbecue and get the spooky apple punch, the non-alcoholic one comes in a white cup and a gre- with a green apple, and the alcoholic one has Fireball, which I don't touch anymore. And that one had a purple apple, but if you go to the Java House, or whatever it's called, right outside Flame Tree Barbecue, to the right of it, they have all three color apples. 
and you can get them in the spooky apple punch in the clear glass and it comes with a cool um candy rock straw and the rim is salted with like candy apple yeah it's a very flavorful sweet drink but it was pretty good um sugar on the rim and then it comes with some worms some gummy worms in it and it is sprite that has granny smith apple flavor and if honestly sprite wanted to come up with a granny smith apple sprite i would go bankrupt buying all of it and gain like 500 pounds yep be the perfect spokesman for sprite granny smith apple flavored yep they could dress me up as a granny smith apple (laughs) because you'll be as white as one (laughs) whoa call you apple bottom (laughs) <laughs> yeah and, and i would say you know it's, a lot of people are wondering like when they you know go to disney how are the restaurants handling things and uh we the restaurants that we have eaten in so far uh, there's definitely tables that are blocked off uh, they're keeping people more than six feet apart uh i'd say 20 feet apart in some situations depends on where you're sitting i know when we went to um rosen crown the tables there were pretty much they're really spaced apart yeah, because it's a small restaurant, too, so you can't really yeah. put people too close together. But we were definitely spaced out. And yeah, and, nice. and when we were at uh, Magic Kingdom, we went to... That's part of Forky Foods. Oh, okay. But I'm still going to say the table thing. The right? Okay. And then when we were at Magic Kingdom, we went to the Tortuga Tavern. Not Tortuga Tavern. The hell's it called? Skipper's Canteen. Yeah, that place. Where the hell did Tortuga Tavern come from? Because you kept being like, we're not eating at Tortuga Tavern, oh, yeah. are we? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Skipper's Canteen, which was my first time going there, and we'll talk about that on our What the Forky Food segment. But the tables there were also the same way. Everything was all spaced out. Uh, wait staff is safe, and uh, the, the goal is to keep not only the cast safe, but also the guests. And the guests safe from each other, and the cast safe from each other, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so we went to Animal Kingdom. The line just to get into the tickets, ticket booth or the uh, parking booths, it took us about 15, almost 20 minutes, it seemed like. It may have only been five, but it felt like forever. No, it was like a good 15, 20 minutes. Um, yeah, to get through because they have like one cast member per booth. Which is all I've ever seen, but Jason says apparently more than one cast member sit in booths. Yeah, but especially Magic Kingdom. There's one on each, one on each side taking, taking the stuff. Yep, I know I've seen it. But I, I know, I'm just saying I never have. Because of social distancing, they're keeping them limited, which I get and understand and appreciate. So uh, if you're driving into the parks, which we did several times, uh, make sure you are wearing your patient patient britches because uh, you're going to want to have uh, some serious patience when you're waiting. Um, I would say have patience going to the parks just in general because uh, yeah, there's, there's going to be lines. We had to wait in line to get into the bakery. Uh, just, you know, some of the stores are at capacity. And they are only allowed to have so many people in uh, into the building. So you may, it may take you 30 minutes to get into a store or a restaurant or whatever because of that. Uh, I know like at Epcot in Mexico with the pyramid and the capacity inside the pyramid, uh, on weekends it's taken sometimes up to 45 minutes to an hour just to be able to get into the main part of the pyramid, uh, mainly because of the capacity issues that they're having on the weekends because the college kids are in town, which God bless, you know, they want to go to Epcot and have some fun and drink, which I get. But they're uh, getting margaritas, and then they stay inside the pyramid, which then fills up the capacity of the pyramid with people just drinking so nobody's going on the rides and shopping until they slowly leave. And uh, it gets pretty crazy in there. 
that's that's only a concern Disney's having is just uh, with Epcot and the certain areas that they're dealing with with the capacity issues and drinking, which is probably one reason why they're not going to do a fireworks show anytime soon. Trying to figure out social. Oh, I forgot to talk about that. Crowds and stuff, and uh, as they they did test the fireworks. At yeah. Epcot recently, though. Yeah, I guess they did uh, some some tests for the new uh, what the hell is it called? Harmonious. Yeah, har- harmonious, and it's harmony. H a r m o i h o. It's literally how you spell harmonious. But it's a capital U, capital S, at the end, because it's supposed to be us. We're all harmonistically attached and bound together as one. Yeah. What else, babe? Uh, oh, the parks are definitely busier than they were when I first started going when the parks first started opening, which I mean, is a little bit of a deterrent for me. It's still very safe, but I'm still not really comfortable going somewhere where there's a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, just if you're going to be going, just understand that it's going to be like a normal Disney day, no matter more or less what day of the week it is. I know they're doing some tracking on the specific times, wait times, what have you, but Everything's averaging about to be what it normally would be on a full capacity park or a normal park day. Which, because of that, I think Disney just needs to hold their horses and just keep things rolling as they are right now, which I think they're going to do. I think they're smart enough to understand that. You know, especially for liability issues, even though they say that they're not liable for things because you well, know like what you're getting yourself like into. That kind of bad press is bad press. Yeah. It's not like all press is good press. That press would be very bad for Disney. Yeah, and they've already gotten bad press overseas because of them doing what they're doing now anyways. So it is what it is, but, you know, we love Disney. We love the magic. And, again, like I said, I've, I've been talking to guests that, and people that come to the parks that have been coming from all over the country that just want Disney, even if it's for a day. Um, if you're living within like a four-state radius of the parks, uh, they are given some pretty pretty deep discounted tickets right now. I believe all the way th- from uh, like Alabama, Louisiana, Georgia kind of areas, they're offering the same kind of discounts they were offering us in Florida uh, for the tickets. And I got like a f- the four-day Florida resident discounted tickets that was like thirty-five dollars a fucking ticket. Ended up being it was two hundred dollars for four days. Yeah, so. But yeah, with tax. So fifty dollars. Yeah, but still, that's with tax. So it's fifty bucks a ticket. It's pretty, uh, pretty cheap. Probably the cheapest Disney's had tickets to go to the parks in thirty years. Yeah, not quite thirty years. Maybe twenty years. When I used to get a park hopper, it was fifty dollars a day for eight days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're also buying eight days. <laughs> that's a long time. That's a long time to go to Disney. I don't know how people can go for more than like four or five days. You realize our honeymoon is eight days long, right? Yeah, but we're not gonna be going to the parks every day. Mm, all the but one days. Yeah. I can go back to the hotel if I want. <laughs> it's gonna be interesting, and we are gonna be going for. Uh, it's funny because my trips to Disney are usually eight days long, so it'll be interesting to see how my husband deals with my Disney spreadsheeting. Luckily, there are no fast passes, so he doesn't have to deal with that yeah. crazy spreadsheeting. But I think I booked like 400 meals for us to have. Yeah. So we have to whittle those down. And he's super helpful with all those. I don't care. I'll eat anything. Exactly. It's our honeymoon. I want to plan it with you together. Yeah. And we did. Sort of. We still have 800 meals that you need to decide between. Yeah. But, you know, um, I, I'm at Disney four, three to four days a week. So uh, I think I'll be fine. I think I'll be able to handle it, honey. 
I definitely will need a vacation from our vacation. As you always need one from Disney. As you're over there shaking your head at me. So if you want some more details and some insights into how to uh, make the best of your Disney trip, definitely check out our last episode, 22. Uh, we really got into details and some coverage and some uh, ideas and some thoughts about making the most magic of your trip when you go. And uh, we had a lot of fun. And uh, if you have any questions about anything like that, we like to give advice and help out and uh, talk about Disney with our friends and family out there in the world of the socials and for you listening to the show. So definitely hit us up on the Instagrams and emails. And we'll have all those links for you in the show notes. And uh, with that being said, I think it's time for us to get into our next and final segment, talking about the foods and things happening. On our next segment, what the Forky Foods? I want you to meet Forky. Uh, hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Ah. <gasps> Shoots and ladders. All right, babe. I think it's time for us to talk about your favorite thing out there in the world, which is Disney snacks and foods and concoctionaries and confectionaries and things that go right to my waist and my big toe, and I eat them all. So there are a ton of Disney snacks for Halloween that are out there, and we will definitely talk about those on a future episode. But today I really want to focus on one of the sit-down meals that we had, because I know that all of Disney is limiting their menu items currently because of the state of things and because they can't have as many people in the kitchen mm -hmm. and there aren't that many people eating there so they've kind of limited their menus and i know a lot of people have their favorites on certain menus and it's definitely different and uh we went to uh, skippers aka jungle navigation company ltd skipper canteen and yeah home of the secret society of explorers and adventurers and we got some really great food there. And oh my god, it was amazing! My favorite item was actually a cold appetizer appetizer noodle dish that is not on the menu anymore. But it has made us. And now I am a very adventurous eater, but I like certain things at certain places, as you know from listening to my uh, own little spice podcast. Ahi tuna nachos and and arugula. Yes. Um, so once things are taken off the menu, it makes me kind of sad, but it also gives me the opportunity to try other things that I wouldn't normally try because I, when I go certain places, I'm like, this is what I'm going to eat. Um, so we got to try a bunch of new food that was super delicious at Skipper's Canteen. So one, the first thing one? is not on their menu. Is that what you said? One? <laughs> like number one, the first yeah. thing. But it sounded like you had an H. <laughs> go on. We... Um, <laughs> got something that was not on the menu and it was the pau de queijo, pan de queijo, which is cheese balls, Brazilian cheese balls, and it came with a cream cheese chimichurri that went along with it, which uh, it was just so insanely phenomenal. It's, so it's just a real quick, this is why I don't order those kind of things because I've already forgotten what you just said, the names of those things, and I wouldn't know what the hell, I would just say breaded cheese balls you know and uh if you've had the uh pound de queijo at the brazilian booth in epcot these are a billion times better pa pa what, say it again pom de what pan like like bread, bread de queijo cheese so mm. they have way more cheese in them they're a little bit smaller so the bread to cheese ratio is like perfection yeah, more cheese amazing. than bread and then the dipping sauce was amazing. They were so delicious and wonderful. And they were like crusty on the outside and gooey on the inside. Mm -mm -mm -mm. 
Then we also got their lost and found soup, and the soup of the day for us was a coconut carrot soup. Oh God! Co- well, then was it a coconut carrot curry? Yes. It was amazing. I love butternut squash and that kind of stuff, and soups and carrot soups, and they had me at, car- at curry and coconut and carrot. Well, then <laughs> the waitress also <laughs> said, if you've had a butternut squash soup it's similar so jason was like i want the butternut squash soup yeah. I want the butternut squash <laughs> that's soup. all i heard <laughs> i was like okay there's no butternut squash in this just so you know if we order uh, it it was so good though god i love i could just drink it, it out of the delicious, bowl and it had some chunks of carrot in it too so it wasn't yeah. just super pureed make sure you don't breathe while you're eating it because as julie did she almost aspirated the chunk of carrot Oh, gosh, it went down the wrong tube, and I like, coughed for, like, three hours. I was like, I swear I'm just choking to death. Yeah, it's not COVID, folks. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we got Orinoco Ida's Cachapas, which were house-made corn pancakes, and they had beer-braised pork on them, roasted corn, a Fresno pepper salsa, and avocado crema. And then they also had... Um, Coti- it was either cotija cheese or queso fresco that was broken up on the top of it, but uh, they were so delicious. And oh, this, it was amazing. Like corn pancake was like on the sweet side, but still very much corn, and it just made the whole dish. Oh my gosh, it was so delicious. <laughs> like, it was. I was sort of, and I was just, I was fine not getting the noodles, and I kept looking at Julie. I'm like, I'm fine, babe. I can go home now. And she's, I knew like the twinkle in her eye was saying. We've got to order these fucking noodles. And then so we realized are, they were rice noodles. What yeah, was, so there are uh, <laughs> these Peking Thai noodles. And I know they were not the same as my appetizer, but I had to try them. And it was uh, tofu, seasonal vegetables, and rice noodles tossed with a spicy chili garlic sauce. And it's just super delicious, super light. The tofu like absorbed all the juices and was insanely delicious. Honestly, everything on this menu looks phenomenal. The grilled steak looked delicious. The hearty char-char Sioux pork. (laughs) Um, The fried chicken smelled amazing. Like, I'm not one to ever really order chicken on a menu unless it's insane. And this is literally just fried chicken with jasmine rice, a chili glaze, and some seasonal vegetables. And honestly, it smelled so good, I would have ordered it. And then I was craving fried chicken for, like, the next week. But the curried vegetable crew stew... When they brought it out for the people that were sitting next to us, smelled amazing. And then my favorite dessert here is the kungaloosh, but we did not have room for it. Yeah, one of the nice things with going to the restaurant too is how punny it was walking in with the with the uh, the cast and our uh, because our it literally skipper. is the Jungle Cruise as a restaurant. And if you're not familiar with the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, this is something that we're going to be getting into detail here uh, in a future series uh, covering a fun. Story within a story within a story of inside Disney and the connections that uh, all the parks have around the world of Disney uh, that are connected through the, these characters that have uh, slowly been uh, being um, uh, kind of put together in one storyline and potentially uh, will be put together in a series of films. One of these days we'll find out with the uh, Jungle Cruise movie coming out. Next summer. Yeah. So yeah, so I was very excited for it. And uh, it's uh, definitely... A, a hidden gem in, in Disney, I'd say. And they have a hidden gem of a secret room behind the bookcase that's in there, which is a lot of fun. So we definitely recommend it. 
So if you're going to be eating there and want to visit Magic Kingdom and have a great place to eat, I definitely recommend, as Julie does too, to make reservations ahead of time in your 60-day window to uh, be able to go there and eat. And you will miss out if you do not. They do have some walk-up reservations that you can check in for. <coughs> okay, that's good to know. On the app, the same way you check in for a reservation, but they'll let you know if the like walk-up list has been filled as well. And, I, and it reminds me, uh, while we were there, one thing that Julie and I got to do while we were w- in that Adventureland area was the Aladdin Magic Carpet Ride, which was only her second time going on it, and it probably been since the p- ride opened up, basically, that it had been since I've been on there. Fun little spinny ride around Adventureland. So definitely do that before you eat. <laughs> so besides all the Halloween fun stuff and the treats and the snacks, which we're going to be talking about on our next episode, uh, a lot more details. Julie wants to cover it all. Um, we definitely do recommend that you check out Skipper's Canteen while you're in the Magic Kingdom. And also, again, thank you so much to Descent Brewing out of St. Pete, Florida for helping sponsor this episode and uh, sharing their delicious annual passport beer with us. We do highly recommend that you go check out their website, and we'll have all the links for them in the show notes, and you can go check them out. You can actually order your beer ahead of time and go pick it up and uh, walk out with a a growler or a four-pack or several four-packs of all these delicious beers. Besides the several beers we talked about, they also craft wines uh, they have ciders as well that are available uh, they make a special brandy it's a uh, right now it's a caramel apple brandy uh, they have you get two bottles of it basically when you buy uh, place an order with them um, but with this when they brew this brandy they have the barrels left over and so they make a caramel apple brandy imperial stout which sounds phenomenal uh the combinations of all these things sound crazy, but I'm sure it's fantastic. Uh, if you've had the Kentucky bourbon nails uh, that are brewed inside of the bourbon barrels, it gets all that flavor and the smokiness and the sweetness of uh, the caramelizations of the barrels. And the sounds really, really phenomenal. So again, you can find them at DescentCraftBrewing.com. And again, we'll have all their information in the show notes. And I think we've covered the most of what we want to talk about. Um, there was something you want to talk about that I said we couldn't talk about till the very end. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, the one thing I want to talk about, uh, let's really quickly, is uh, Disney recently uh, released uh, not only here in at Walt Disney World but also in uh, downtown Disney in California, uh, the Star Wars trading posts. They closed the Wonderland Gallery in D- downtown Disney in California, replaced it with a trading post from Batu. Uh, with a line of merchandise that uh, is all new and exclusive for the stores there. Um, with Disneyland, the stores being, uh, and obviously... It's not new and exclusive. It's just stuff that's in Star Wars land that people can't get to right now. I don't remember seeing any of that stuff in Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. Every single bit of it, almost. Even the w- the music boxes and stuff? Mm-hmm. I know Doc Ondors is... I think maybe that's what a lot of it's from. But anyways, they uh, the Star Wars Trading Post at down and Disney Springs and Downtown Disney uh, has a bunch of fun merchandise, and Julie and I got to go. And while we were there in Disney Springs, we went to the pin trading store, and out of the corner of my eye, I see a large Funko box. Uh, recently, last month, I think it was, or maybe the month before, uh, Funko released a, a special limited park exclusive Indiana Jones Funko, huge thing that I got. And they also now have a gigantic Baby Yoda bobblehead Funko, which is amazing and adorable. And because of the price at $30, uh, we couldn't pass it up. It had to jump on that and got it. Uh, but it would be putting some pictures on our Instagram with the bobblehead Baby Yoda. Uh, the cat is still trying to figure out what the hell this thing is because it's, it's pretty big. Uh, 
I wouldn't say it's like life-size Baby Yoda, but it's pretty damn close if Baby Yoda was a, a real thing. So, uh, yeah, look for our Instagram. And if you want to follow us out there in the socials, you can find us on Instagram at FVA underscore Disney. Now that we're back on schedule, we'll be doing a lot more posts and sharing our trips and some videos. Uh, we've been putting some actual videos together uh, from our trips that we're going to be putting out uh, in our Instagram stories here pretty soon. So look for those. And you can find us on Twitter at FIA underscore Disney. You can hit us up on Facebook at FIA Disney. And you can send us an email at FIA DSNY at gmail.com. It's just FIA DSNY at gmail.com. I always say at before that, and it's, there's no at. So <laughs> but again, we'll have all those links in the show notes. Uh, anything else you want to say before we get out of here, Julie? They can't hear you shaking your head. Nope, I am good. All right. So until next time, thanks again so much for listening and for being patient as we took our little break there. And now we're back on track, bringing you the latest and the greatest and some history in Disney and some adult content along the way. Next month in October, we're going to be covering all things spooky within Disney, doing a Disney history uh, of uh, the not so scary and not so spookies and the Oogie Boogie Bash and how those all came to be. Uh, and some episodes. And also, I believe it was episode five, maybe. Uh, the beginning intro is Julie snoring uh, as I was doing my readings for the Haunted Mansion episode series. Um, th- there was a segment that I basically did on that episode that was the history of the Haunted Mansion. I'm um, going the to Haunted be. Haunted Mansion 50th anniversary episode. Yeah, that's what it was. And uh, I'm going to be pulling that out and doing a remastering and just posting it as a single episode for you to enjoy some uh, history and some things you may not know about the Haunted Mansion. Had a lot of fun recording that. And uh, it's just me and the ghost hosts sharing the story. So look forward to... It wasn't me snoring. It was one of the ghosts. Oh, is that what it was? (laughs) Cool story, bro. (laughs) So we look forward to uh, sharing those with you. And until then, as the great Walt Disney once said, if you believe in a thing, believe in it all the way. If you would like to join our jamboree, there's a simple rule that's compulsory. Mortals pay a token fee. Rest in peace, the haunting's free. So hurry back, we would like your company. Be sure to bring your death certificate.